Hey, and welcome back to another exciting episode of Extra Features Podcast. Today I have a fabulous guest whose name I hopefully will pronounce correctly. Uh, Amy Kuge. Yes. And film Cannibal Mukbang is available somewhere. I'm sure she'll tell us at some point where we can find it. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate it. I want to start at the very beginning. I'm sure, including myself, did not know what a mukbang was until I watched this film. Yeah. So where did you learn about mukbanging? Um, Well, it's actually weirdly been kind of in my sphere for a while. I actually started watching mukbangs during college. Um, I just kind of went through this like weird eating period of my life where I was really restrictive and watching other people eat sort of helped me feel like, okay, like these people are eating all of this food and they're fine. So maybe it's okay if you eat all this food and you'll be fine. So um, I actually found them just kind of through my own means through YouTube. Uh, I was really, really into watching cooking videos. Like I grew up with the food network and love cooking. I was a food photographer for many years in New York and it just kind of like fell into my lap. Honestly, I think that if you're a foodie and if you have weird eating things, then you're going to stumble across a mukbang in your life. Okay. I want to back this up. So I was going to go with something different, but let's start with the food. Your food is very descriptive in this film. I want people to know this food looks real. It looks edible. So let's start there. Did you make the food or somebody make it for you? Um, there's just so much food in the film that either I, I had, a a great art department and a production designer, uh, Matt Weir and Deanna Biaggi. They created a lot of the food. Um, I also had a great special effects team that made a lot of the food that looked like human meat. And uh, they were incredible. They did a lot of the uh, work on that. But then, you know, in the flashback sequence in Florida, I made a lot of that food. And the actress's mom actually cooked an entire uh, roast beef. And <laughs> we used that for some of the meat that I covered in fake blood. So... Yeah, a lot of us put our hands in and we all sort of cooked things together throughout various parts of the movie. So uh, you're saying, this already, well, how do they make the food? What is the food made of that? Because they're obviously eating it constantly. Yeah, it depends on which scene you're watching. I mean, a lot of the mukbanging food we just ordered. Okay, um, that's one. The spaghetti yeah. <laughs> mainly after. I mean, the meat yeah. counter looks, I will say, movie prepared. That was definitely something that we made out of uh, really thinly sliced pork and covered in fake yes. blood. Um, or like really, really thinly sliced steak. There was a lot of that. Uh, the food that they're eating on the charcuterie board is made out of Rice Krispie treats and like syrup. So that wasn't like, that was really sweet. And we actually did that take four or five times. And the actors were like buzzing. They were just like, I'm so sugar high right now because they had so much sugar. It was like maraschino cherries chocolate syrup, uh, strawberry syrup, and Rice Krispie treats. So they were, like, freaking out after that. <laughs> so I want to say, when you were designing your film, and I want to say not writing, I want to say actually designing it, more of the set design and the lighting, did you have a feel for it? Because I really feel at times I'm in a different universe by your lighting. Like, you really play with that a lot. Was that your plan? Yeah, so I worked really closely with my DP and my gaffer, uh, Harrison Craft and Danny Rinaldi. They really were on the same page as me with the fact that I just wanted the film to be colorful and bright, and I wanted it to feel like really lush, almost like candy colored. I wanted it to be different than other horror movies. Not all of them, but a lot of horror movies are kind of 
really blue and dark or really green. And I wanted this to just be like really, really lush and vibrant. So the lighting always sort of plays with that. Like everyone always kind of, there's always a, a color in each scene of the movie, mm, like a pretty predominant color. Yeah. I did notice that. And I find the food has color too. You do add color to that food at times. Yeah. Yeah. It was really important, especially like the meat, meat, the human meat. I wanted it to be like really bright and vibrant and, just kind of scary looking with how so direction your DP is. It's like coming closer. Cause I feel I'm eating with the person. Cause I'm so close to my dish. It's not like I'm three feet away. I'm on top and I'm watching this. Like, I guess you really want to make it a mukbang. The way you yeah. watch these videos is how I felt. I now feel I've watched one. If that <laughs> yeah. Well, what's funny is like, um, you know, mukbangs are so static. Usually it's just like the camera, like kind of the zoom interview, like the camera would be right oh. here and I would just be eating a dish. Um, and that sort of reflects in the point of view of the world that we're in. We're in Mark's point of view for the majority of the film and his perspective is very closed off and tight and it's very linear. It's very, I'm obsessed with Ash and Ash is obsessed with food. I'm obsessed with food. I'm obsessed with Ash. It's food, Ash, food, Ash. And you're just very up in their faces. Like you're saying, I definitely wanted that. Also, my cats are running in the background, so I'm yeah. sorry if you hear that. Oh, good. So uh, <laughs> my, computer, my computer thing was falling out three times. That's why I got my <laughs> no. So let's go back to the food before I get off where I was going. So, because Ash says she never shows anything but her mouth, so people don't know what she looks like. Mm-hmm. Did you get that from your video watching? Was that where that comes from? Like, you don't see people's faces? Well, it depends on the mukbanger. They all have their own different styles. Um, some of them show their whole faces and they're, you know, really famous for that, for being personalities in their own right. And then there are some people that are just like, you know, this close to the camera and they want you just to see them eating and they don't even talk about their lives or uh, anything ancillary. So yeah, I think it really just depends on the style, but I definitely wanted it to be like gross. Like I wanted you to just. Just seeing someone's mouth eating, I've always had a weird thing about that. Um, especially when people look at my mouth when I'm eating or talking. Like when I was younger, I used to cover my face when I ate. And I still do that sometimes because it just kind of, it's really uncomfortable. So is that why there was no end scene of you doing a mukbang? Because I totally expected that to see something <laughs> at the end. No, no, maybe in the future. <laughs> maybe, maybe, uh, I'll make like a Patreon or something and people can pay me to do it, but I'm not doing that for free. <laughs> okay. Um, let's discuss location. Especially, I want to start right at the beginning. First location when he meets Ash. Mm-hmm. Who's the storage you steal? Um, I actually worked, I, I reached out to the film commission in New Jersey and they pointed me to the city of Westwood and this woman, Karen, who was incredibly helpful during the whole process. She, um, Help me find this location. It's called Five Corner Convenience. It's in Westwood. They were all like just so stoked to have a film be there. Uh, we only had about three hours to shoot. So it was really quick. I wasn't allowed to shoot the exterior. So we only have the interior. Um, the alleyway after is a different location. Like the parking, like everything's kind of pieced together in the, that indie way. We're like, we can't afford to film the outside of this place. So we're just going to do the inside. Okay. I got some other things I want to go over. I think there's a house at one point, maybe two houses. I couldn't quite figure that out. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the apartment, or is that the same place? It's the house. So there's three main locations. There's Maverick's house. Yes. Mark's ha- Mark's apartment, and then Ash's house. That's what I was getting at. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and what's funny is Ash's house is filmed in two different houses, actually, because I wasn't able to 
use the outside of one and like I could use the inside of the other, but then the outside didn't match. So there was a lot of uh, us going back and forth. So like the basement stuff is in a completely different house. The bedroom's in a different house, but then the kitchen, the living room and the dining room are in one house. And Mark's apartment is actually my old apartment I used to live in. And his room is my old room in Bushwick in Brooklyn. So it, it really hit close to home, like how small his room is and you know, how, kind of in there he is like it's so intimate his his apartment is so like kind of bachelor pad maybe in brooklyn maybe not uh yeah and a restaurant you do have one restaurant i do yeah i actually shot in two different restaurants but we cut a whole scene unfortunately yeah yeah but that one um that one restaurant i actually used to do food photography for them they're a vegan restaurant called terms of endearment uh in brooklyn so I had some connections there and they were like, yeah, like, of course, I've actually shot another short film there. They were really, really helpful with the whole process. So in doing this, how's the editing process for you? I mean, that's a lot of stuff you have to put together and make look real. It does to me. I'm not saying there's any issues there. Well, it does you. feel that everything's working well. So how was that to edit? Oh, it's a blast. I love editing. Um, that's my main thing that I do. And I worked with a co-editor named Haley Zalkin. We actually went to film school together. And when we finished the film, she organized everything and we put it in a spreadsheet and we were like, I want to do this scene. I want to do this scene. And we cut them evenly in half, assembled it. And it came out to two and a half hours. I'm like, Oh God, it's so long. I'm like, how am I going to do this? So I actually went in after we all, we both assembled our scenes and went through a lot of rounds of notes and I cut it down to the hour and 40 minutes that it is. And, the editor in me is like, you could have cut 10 more minutes, but <laughs> it's really hard. I want to know what I missed that. So what, where's the extra story? Is it Maverick story? Is There's more- a lot more Maverick. You're totally I think right. there had to be. Could you cut those scenes a little quick for me? Yeah. I definitely think there's more depth there that I didn't get. Like you definitely allude to it in the film. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I don't really need it. I just more want it. Well, how do you feel about Maverick? That's actually... I don't have a chance. I don't think you give me an option to feel about Maverick. He's just sort of there. (laughs) Like, he's that neighbor next door you talk to, but you don't really know anything about. Oh, that's funny, because I feel like people either love or hate him, so you being new... I didn't hate Maverick. I just felt he was on... I don't think he wanted to deal with his brother. Like, I think he just sort of wanted him there. Like, you set that up a lot with the date scene. Mm -hmm. And he's like, ah, I don't have time for that. And I'm like... Dude, something's going on here. Like, you definitely said, but I don't feel you give me enough depth on Maverick to give you that answer you're looking for. I want more. I need a point. I mean, I could argue as watching, I wanted maybe five more minutes with Maverick to really make that opinion whether I hated him or not. Oh, wow. Yeah. I don't think he's a dick. I think he's a major dick. But I want to know why he's doing this because it's not really explained. Yeah, that's so interesting. So I did cut a scene where him and Mark do get lunch, and it is five minutes. <laughs> I'm looking for that. I just need a little bit more Maverick to make an opinion on, because I find he's like mm-hmm. he's not friendly. We know that. Obviously, he – I don't know if he loves his brother or just puts up with him. Like, I kind of feel he's a past, but he feels like, I got to do this. Yeah. And I yeah. think you do hit most of that home in that one scene we get, the big scene we get with him at the beginning. Mm-hmm. The girl in the bikini, I think she is, or lingerie, I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, Jessica, his wife, his yes. wife. I, I don't really I'm know. I'm not sure if they're really married or not. Yeah. Like, <laughs> got that impression, but that's my film. But not for me. We're not here to discuss my opinions on your film. 
Um, barf. How is making barf? And what is oh, it? Oh, so okay. easy. It was just split pea soup and water. Oh, split pea soup. So we stole yeah. some mattresses, did we? Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> yeah, let's go back to some set design. I really want to get into Ash's bedroom. Oh, yeah. What Did you do all this or was this already done? No. So it was actually my friend Leah Feingold's bedroom in New Jersey. And she, um, it was blank, basically. She's like, I'm going to okay. take everything down. Because she had a very, like, boho girl vibe. And I was like, no, Ash is crazy, chaotic e-girl. Yes. Like, I needed it to be, like, your magazine, like, threw up on the walls. And so I told my production designer and art director, um, Matt and Deanna, they just threw up all that stuff. Deanna has such a good mind for this. Like she had her room already kind of looks like how I want an Ash's room to look. And so they spent a good day and a half just setting up that room and like taping all that stuff up, like making all the artwork for it. Um, I had a few different people contribute artwork for it and I feel really fortunate. Like they really, I let them go all out. Like they cut up the Barbie heads. The Barbie heads were like all over a lamp and just lots of little details like that, that I think sort of um, tell you who Ash is before she even says who she is. So how is that a director to get that full coverage? I mean, obviously you had to work on that shot a couple of times. It's not a one take. Yeah. Yeah. That actually, that was a, a pretty long shoot day, just getting that first initial room. And especially because there's so much dialogue in it and, I, I, you know, if I could go back, like every director, I wish I just had more time because if I had an extra two days to shoot that room, I would have showed you everything because the whole room was decked out. It wasn't just that side, but that's mostly what you see. Like there's so many little details and like fun things that we put in there that we weren't able to show. And you do the same with Mark's room. I would argue with the pictures all over the wall. You're after the same thing. Obviously totally different people, totally different things. Is that what you were after there too, showing his life that way? Yeah, yeah. I wanted it to just be clear that he's a a movie nerd, a movie fiend. And, um, you know, I've told people that Mark is like me, and I really stand by that. Like, everything that's in his room, like, I would have had in my room. Like, there's stuff I brought from my apartment and put in his room. So um, it was really personal for me, especially because that was my old bedroom (laughs) for, like, a year during the pandemic. So. Okay. Uh, sorry, I lost my train of thought. Okay. Um, oh my God, I'm totally. Um, what am I doing? Oh, setting up the blood room is where I wanted to go next. Mm. So, yeah, the, the basement. Room, that's where I was going, yes. <laughs> yeah. So how, cool. how is that? Like, do people stare at you when you're bringing in stuff? You know, we actually were really careful about bringing in a lot of that stuff because the neighborhood we were shooting in, I can't tell you which neighborhood it is because I wasn't really allowed to shoot there. But um, yeah, we just made it really inconspicuous, like bringing all that stuff in. And um, we shot in my friend's basement and we kind of went the Dexter route by putting up like all of the plastic and that helped us out because that basement was full of stuff and there's no way we were going to get everything out. Um so, yeah, you kind of feel like you're in this closed off, like like a womb, almost. Like, you walk into this room, and it's just bleak. And it's funny, there's a bunch of, like, driver's license hanging up on the wall, and, like, all of the cast is in there. Like, I'm in there and everything, oh, but it's blurred out. Because um, in the script, I wrote, like, Ash collects their driver's licenses and just, like, hangs them up on the wall and, like, has their watches and their old things. So if you looked... Closely, like, there's all this weird personal stuff that's in that little, like, table in the corner. Sounds like some decks for influence here. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> well, you're at that age. Um, 
Oh, sorry. I called it a blood fort. Um, the rain scene, how cold was it? It actually wasn't super cold. We shot in, in August, so it was pretty warm out, but you know, the actors would probably disagree. It was cold for them. Uh, that day was actually probably one of the most stressful days on set because, uh, the person whose house we're shooting at, I told her it was going to be rain months in advance. But then when we're doing the rain, it was one hose. She just kind of got really scared and she was like, wait, Amy, like that's so much water. I'm going to get in trouble for using all this water. And I'm like, you're not going to, I promise, like we're just shooting for an hour. And like every single time we're done, we're going to turn the water off, which we did. And so that scene, it was just like, go, 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 go. But then all these really complicated things like stunts and gore. And it was really expansive too. Like I wanted it to look like he was in a park. And it was a backyard. It does. Yeah. Look like that. I yeah. agree. Hold on. The person that owned the house was upset using water. She, yeah, she just didn't want to use too much water. She was, she was just a little stressed. Um, Love her to anytime. death. Anytime, feel free to use my water. I have a pool. I never. I know. would love to. We'll have to talk after this. Yes. <laughs> um, I don't want to leave out music. So, do you want to go over the music for a bit? I mean, it's constant. Yeah. It's constant mood setting, but I think you do more with set design than you do with music. I mean, I'll enjoy the music, mm-hmm. but I think the set design overtakes it, but you can tell me if I'm wrong. Well, yeah, I think that they all work, they all work together, you know, and I'm really glad that you like the set design, but uh, I worked with uh, Alex Guervo. He's worked on Scare Package 1 and 2. He did uh, Artifice Girl. He's an amazing composer. We worked on the score for a good four months, I'd say, like a pretty long time. And uh, the first theme that we came up with was Ash's theme, Ash's theme that sort of happens during the swamp sequence. Um, this is a spoiler when she's killing a swamp man, like that theme comes up at, again at the end. And um, it's really powerful. And I feel like the whole film sort of was built around that. And Alex is an amazing musician. He's worked in a bunch of punk bands and like alternative bands. So a lot of the music we were just able to use from his catalog. And uh, I really think it's a, its own character in the film. Like it, it adds sort of like a youth and a life and uh, um, sets the tone for a lot of the film. The tent sequence, the song that's playing there, the the lead actor, Nate Wise, he has a side project called Sky Adler, and some of his music was playing there too. So it felt even more personal like for Mark to fall in love with Ash and this music that the actor makes in real life is playing. And it's about like falling in love with a girl too. So it sort of all kind of ties together pretty cohesively, I feel. I was working with blood. I always like to ask this question because it's everybody's freaking nightmare. <laughs> It was a nightmare. Um, you know, I love if it, if I had it my way, I would have ten times more blood what? if I could. If I had the budget for it and I had a place that I could just destroy, um, yeah, I wanted there to be so much more blood. And it's it's hard because there's so many different types of blood. Like you need blood that people can eat, can go in someone's eye, and will be able to be cleaned off easily. Um, during one of those scenes, and I'm not going to say which one, but a big bloody scene, uh, I actually spent like two hours after the shoot ended cleaning off the blood on the carpet because I was just like, I can't get in trouble with this person that owns this house. Like, so yeah, it's a nightmare, but I love working with it. And I want, I want more bloody films like trouble every day. If you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. I want to, I want a place like that. Okay. I want to discuss something in a fridge at one point. I think you know where I'm going. Yeah. How much fun was that to make? Oh yeah, that was that was a blast. Um, 
yellow moth makeup made that head. It's Alex and Ashley. Um, they really, really knocked it off the park with uh, that actor. That's actually the second movie where his, his head is created and then destroyed. <laughs> I worked on this film called Eight Eyes uh, in Serbia. It's actually doing the festival circuit at the same time as uh, Cannibal Mukbang. And at the actor who plays Stefano, his name is Bradford Thomas, his head was made for that movie and then smashed so it's funny like i have pictures of like that head and then this head and they're they're both in various stages of distress <laughs> so yeah i do want to go on to one makeup scene you have a makeup scene where ash has got green makeup it's very distinctive mm-hmm. why green as a choice because it's uncomfortable that's an uncomfortable color um it's uncomfortable, but it also just looks so good with her red hair. Like, I feel like she looks so beautiful in that scene, and it stands out, and she's on camera. She's filming a mukbang, and it's, like, a pretty uncomfortable sequence because Mark has just had this dream that he's, like, eating her, and then she's eating a cheeseburger with his screen makeup. And I just feel like it's really glam, but also super uncomfortable and, like, nauseating to look at. You're absolutely correct. <laughs> So you're saying you didn't like it? You no, no, it just it threw me off. It's like, oh, <laughs> that is uncomfortable. <laughs> Good. I had to ask about it. Um, face cop. Where did that come from? Which what was that? I'm what sorry. That? Face cop. Somebody's holding a face cup. It's near the end. Oh yeah. Um the the cup, the face cup. Yes, friend, I liked it. My friend Robert uh, Simono, he made that. He actually makes and sells them. And I was like, you know, any art that you want to put on set, please ring it to set. So. Uh, that's his face cup. Shout out to Robbie. He should definitely uh, have his own storefront because everyone know. asks about that. I noticed. Um, <laughs> on the flashback sequence, did you change your lens or camera style? Oh, the whole thing's shot on. Well, yeah, I wanted the flashback sequence to look completely different than the rest of the film because it's Ash's perspective and it's the first time we've seen her perspective. So I wanted to shoot on Super 8. And we did shoot the whole thing on Super 8 and then we shot the whole thing digitally too, just to get the coverage, just in case the film didn't develop. Uh, we went down to Florida for that shoot and um, yeah, I wanted it to have this really like gritty, raw, like seventies exploitation type of vibe to it. So I wanted it to look completely different than the rest of the film. So you're looking for some Texas Chainsaw Massacre action, basically. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Big influence. Okay. We're almost done. I promise. Casting. Don't be. What was that? Casting. Why Ash? Why you're at Mark? Oh, wow. So, um, so we're good. Yeah. I mean, I really love casting and I feel really lucky being in New York because there's just so many amazing, talented people here. And, um, I just put out a casting call on this website called Actors Access and I got like 500 plus people sent their headshots for Ash and three to 400 for Mark. And so a lot of it was just me looking at their headshots you know, trying to get a sense of who they were watching their reels. And I narrowed it down to about 20 people for each person. And there's just something about April uh, Consolo. Her audition was so scary and like, so I don't know, like sexy, but scary. And I was like, okay, this is what I want. She's also really small. And I wanted, it was really important to me that Ash looked like she could be someone who could pretend she was a minor and get away with it, but she's actually like 26. So that was really, really, really important. And then with Mark, uh, Nate Wise, his audition, he was so mumbly and so like awkward and moving his body in these weird ways and like kind of nasally. And I don't know. I just, I saw his audition first out of the people that I chose. And 
I knew in my heart, I was like, that's, that's the guy. Like, that is the guy. And um, the casting process, I actually met with both of them. And I talked to them on the phone. I met with them in person. And then I made sure they met together just to see what they were like. Um, and when I met Nate Wise, we met at a park. And we talked for like an hour and a half. And when I left, I accidentally left my backpack on the park bench with my laptop, all of my things in it. And I called Mark and I was like, oh my God, I left my laptop. I'm already in the subway. And he's like, I'll get it. And he rode his bike and he got my laptop in my backpack and brought it to me. So to me, I don't know. I was just like, you're such a nice guy. Like, I can't believe you did that. Like, I don't even know you when you did that. My cat's just knocked something over. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's just something about how sweet he was that I was like, I have to cast this person. Like, he's a little prince. He's a knight in shining armor, you know? Okay, last question. Did you use any VFS effects at times? I couldn't find any, but I think there's more color correction I'm staring at. No, there was no visual effects. It was really important to me that everything was practical. I didn't want there to be anything, no CGI, no nothing. Like, I, I didn't really think so. I was just wondering, like, did I miss something? So that's what yeah. Okay, time, since you didn't listen to interviews ahead of time, you're out of luck on the next part. So you have to Oh, be- no. Usually I ask people their favorite film, so that's your first question. My favorite film? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I mean, I can't really narrow this down. <laughs> favorite film? Favorite film of all time? Uh, right now I would say The Fly by Cronenberg. Um, that's right. been a favorite for many years, and I feel like it's a movie that I can watch over and over again and find something new and be like impressed endlessly by it. So I would say The Fly. Yeah, because if people are not watching this on YouTube, because most people just download it, there is a gorgeous picture of this woman behind her of just records. <laughs> so I have to ask you your favorite concert. Favorite concert? Oh, um, I would say, you know, I saw Drug Rider last year in October. Um, it's a kind of a new band that sounds like a 70s band, and it was an incredible concert. Uh, but I am about to, I'm going to see Interpol next week on the 13th and I'm very excited for that. And I'm sure that'll come up as one of my favorites too. <laughs> yeah. This is going to be, should I make it hard for you? I was going to ask. Yeah. Make, oh, you want it hard? Your favorite yeah, place make to it hard. New York City. <laughs> what was that? Your favorite place to visit New York city. Mm. That's not an easy question. Place to visit. Oh man. I mean, it depends on what you want to do. So if, you like to go out. There's a lot of really, really fun bars to go out here. Uh, I really like the library uh, in in the city in Manhattan. I live in Brooklyn. So my favorite part of Brooklyn is probably like Prospect Park or um, I live kind of by this like really cool graveyard called Greenwood Cemetery. And I love walking around there. It's really cool, especially if you write horror movies. <laughs> it's good to walk around the graveyard. <laughs> and before I let you go, tell me where they can find your film or is it just on the circuit? It's on the circuit right now, and uh, I would just keep an eye on our social media. Uh, you can follow me at Melty Feelings on Instagram and uh, Cannibal Mukbang Film, and I'll announce you know when things will be available to stream and where it's going to screen next. Uh, it's going to screen at Horror on the Sea on the on January twentieth, and. That's in Southend on Sea. I don't know if I say this right. I feel like my geography of uh, the UK and London is not great, <laughs> but it's about an hour away from London Central. So um, that's the next place it's going to screen. And then other screening announcements will all be on our Instagram. 
Thank you for your time and have a great day. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Please check out our YouTube channel. And you can also support the show by going to PayPal. Thank you.